Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. All right, Next Level Podcast listeners and viewers, uh, welcome back to this week's episode and expert interview with uh, the man, Dean Jackson. Dean, how are wow. you doing? Yeah, how's, how's it going today, man? How are you? I'm so great. It's wonderful here in Florida. Awesome. Well, I, I'm so glad you could uh, join us today. I, I've been wanting to do this with you for, for quite a while. And uh, you were on my, I don't think I told you this, you were on my original hit list when I finally decided, hey, I'm going to get this podcast going. You yeah, know, right. You were the list of, you were on that list of names of like people I definitely got to, I've got to get on oh, the show. Awesome. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. Uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, here we are. Well, cool. So let's start for like the seven people who maybe don't know who Dean Jackson is yet. Um, give us a little background. Like, you know, who, who's Dean Jackson and, and yeah. where, did you, where did you get started in the business world? I'd love well, to this is, Yeah, this is great because, you know, uh, 2019, last uh, Thanksgiving, uh, November of uh, 2018 marked the 30-year anniversary of me getting my real estate license. So 1988, I started out, yeah, at eight years old, and <laughs> well, I realized you know, it was kind of a reflective time because that really, uh, you know, 30 years has been, uh, you know, like that. It's amazing. I look back on it now, how fast it went. And I was doing a lot of reflecting and looking back and seeing how much has changed in the real estate world and the whole world in general uh, and how much hasn't changed, you know? And it's funny how when you look at it that, um, you know, I was really thinking about the, in the real estate world specifically, when I started out, Realtors had all the information. I mean, there was no other way from, a, if you look at it, the experience from a buyer and seller um, perspective, from their point of view on it, if you wanted to buy a house, I, I started out in uh, Halton Hills, which is just outside of Toronto. It's like uh, um, people live in Halton Hills, work in the city, kind of like people live in Connecticut, work in New York. Um, that if people wanted to find out about Halton Hills, the only way to get information about it was to drive out there to take a look around and stop into a real estate office or pick up one of the uh, you know new local newspapers or the local real estate uh, magazines and see what was available or pop into open houses. You had no other way to get information. And uh, I think about it now, if you fast forward, that 30 years later, everybody has every piece of information about every house, including the history of it, what it's probably worth, what the Zestimate is, what the, uh, you know, and often we have buyers who are more knowledgeable about a neighborhood than, than you are as the realtor because they're specifically focused on that and they're scouring it for information, right? And I remember the, the, information used to come in a catalog that we would get every two weeks 
with all the new listings. So it was like a phone book delivered to only the realtors every two weeks. And people would just like salivate to get that information. Like you'd have, I remember being in the office and people would, you know, pop by and uh, they'd be, you know, looking if they could just take my catalog and look through it overnight and they'd bring it right back in the morning. You know, like that was like for them, the access to the Bible of information. And I thought, you know, back then, people, what they really want, if you're thinking about the, the desires of, of people, um, you know, they really, if you're thinking about somebody selling their house, the, nothing's changed about what they desire. They want to get the most money for their house. They want to get it in the least amount of time, and they want to get it with the least hassles, right? I mean, that's, that was true 30 years ago. It's just as true now, except now there's more opportunities to actually make some of those things come true, you know, so that they don't have to, um, you know, go through this process of just, you know, coming to a realtor and only getting the information from them. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There's, you mentioned something like oftentimes the consumer does have more information about their neighborhood that they want to live in or, uh, or the house that they want to go to because it is so vastly available. The other thing you just mentioned, um, which is most amount of money, least amount of time, least amount of hassle. You know, I, that was, I've only had a real estate license for 12 years now, um, almost exactly to the, to the day. And I heard that script on almost day one. However, what's funny is when I see the, you mentioned Zestimates, when I see these companies like Zillow and Open Door and OfferPad, what they're actually doing is they're actually offering the least amount of hassle right. in the least amount of time yes. like right away. And that has been the one thing I think as realtors uh, that we haven't been able to really conquer because selling or buying a house can just, quite frankly just be a pain in the ass for the consumer. You think about what's happened. All the access to information now and exposure to the internet and all these things that we've got, uh, all the things that are technology enabled, right, that are able to be done. And I started thinking about, you know, parallels to this. I started thinking about, um, you know, golf, for instance, how, how things have changed technology-wise. So I started looking back that, you know, 30 years ago, the longest drive, the leading driver on tour was 279 yards, okay? Now, 30 years later, now the leading driver on tour is 337 yards. And so that improvement, you know, of 50 plus yards has over that 30 years has all been driven by technology with the driver, with the golf ball, with all these things. But when you look at what really matters, when you look at the scoring average, where the only thing that matters in golf is the score, the scoring average over that 30 years has improved by one quarter of one stroke. So all of that technology thing, and I think that it's the same thing with the way the real estate market works right now, that if you look at it on average, the things that matter about selling your house are the days on market and the percentage of the asking price that you get for the the sale. Um, And those things are largely unchanged from 30 years ago. I mean, it still on average takes, you know, 
30 or 45 days for most homes on average to, uh, to find a buyer. And they mostly get somewhere between, you know, 98 to 99% of the realistic final asking price, right? That, that's, nothing's changed about that. And so you start to realize, okay, there's so much, um, you can't go wrong really riding on the uh, things that are moving in favor of the, the consumer experience. I agree. I mean, and that's the one thing I think as realtors, you know, that I've been on my soapbox on recently uh, because a lot of, a lot of people are worried about like what's going to happen to us as realtors and are we going to go away? And, and, and we're not, I don't think that we ever will. I think some of us will, but the one thing that we, I, I, I believe we should be focused on more is that experience that the consumer actually has. When yeah. And I think when people are worried about real estate, listen, if you broaden your scope, you broaden your, um, your, view of it and most of the time when real estate agents or the real estate community are talking about the future of real estate what they're really really worried about is the future of the big commissions that they're getting for selling homes not the future of people buying and selling homes that's going to be a lock right yes amen man that is my thing are going to move you can't go wrong betting on the shelter business that people are going to need shelter and they're going to move and exchange things. They may even shift to renting, but that still opens up opportunities. Somebody's got to own these homes and and uh, provide this shelter for people. So if you're you know looking at the big picture of how can you get involved in that, the macro level of the uh, shelter uh, business, you're not going to go wrong, you know, yeah. and. What I'm excited, I've mean, really been observing what Warren Buffett's doing. And you look at, you know, that over the last five years, that's been one of the fastest growing stories of how many offices Berkshire Hathaway is opening. But what has kind of gone unnoticed is the absence of the word real estate or realty in even the name. It's Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And I think if you expand from shelter to home services, that's the big jackpot. I think there's never been a better opportunity to be in the real estate business. I agree. I look at, there's a lot of different companies I look at too. Um, and, you, you know, Zillow has obviously done that same thing. Now they haven't put the word home services on the end, but buying yeah. the mortgage company, uh, I would imagine titles come in and all of the different things that come when you've got to buy and fix up yeah. hundreds and thousands of homes a month, then there's yeah. all these other services that you get to start building in. Right. And yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I totally agree. Keller Williams has, has done the same thing from a, from their standpoint is, you know, how can they service the whole customer? Uh, yeah. Not just that transaction. Right. That's, been a, that's actually been the backbone of a lot of their technology yeah. and uh, that they're trying to, that they're trying to develop. And so, you know, I, I agree. I, I look at that stuff and the real estate industry is not going anywhere. Yeah. And I agree that when an agent says that, what they're really talking about is my, the size of my commission check. That's exactly. I mean, that's just the wrong focus. I get yeah. it. We all have to make money, but that's the wrong focus. Um, yeah. All right. So, okay. So 30 plus years now in real estate, yeah. um, but you also have had your, you've had your hands in a few other things. Uh, you and I met through, 
Joe Polish, who runs Genius Network. Yeah. And uh, so I, and I know the two of you guys have done just a ton of stuff together through the years yeah. around the marketing world. Right. And I, I would love to, what I really want to do is get into the story today, Dean, is um, how you've taken your real estate experience and, and your marketing experience to, to bring them together. Because you've got some really cool things that we've talked about over the last year that you do and that you teach to others as well mm -hmm. as just some other, I think there's some other principles uh, of business that I see that you either teach on or, or I'm, I'm as somebody on your list, I get to see you do in, in mm -hmm. real time um, that I'd love to kind of get into because it's pretty cool. My experience in real estate has been the people that sell information don't always, um, they're not always, they've never practiced it or never understood yeah. it to the level that you have. Right. And they, and they, or they're like me where they're so much of a practitioner, they're, they don't, un, it's hard to get outside sometimes yeah. right? and go, well, what's really happening in the marketing world, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I really appreciate, appreciate about you mm -hmm. and was hoping to, to kind of draw on today. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, you know, that's over that 30 years, my whole, my two passions have been marketing and real estate. And so I've always used the real estate as my laboratory for all of the marketing, you know, and, and it's been a, uh, it's been an amazing thing. I've been constantly trying to figure out all of the uh, you know, the best marketing things to apply to um, a real estate business. And so I've been trying to crack all of these uh, codes and I've really gotten a lot of, you know, over the years locked in solutions for all the things that we want to do as realtors, so getting listings and multiplying your listings and getting referrals and converting leads and finding buyers. I've been working on those puzzles for 30 years. You know, and so it's really been a uh, it's really been a great journey. Of course, I'm taking things that I'm um, learning and applying to other businesses outside of real estate, and then converting them to things that work for um, for those outcomes that we're looking for as as realtors. You know, absolutely, and uh, you know, like one and one of those things, if we could go into it, is. Uh, we talked, we talked about, I remember specifically you and I were sitting at the Henry and we were talking about referrals happening. Mm -hmm. Like there was, there's, they happened because of a conversation, right? Yeah. Well, let's just look at it. That's more certainly if you're going to try and grow your business, the most competition proof, easiest, lowest hanging fruit for you is to get more referrals, right? From the people who already know you, like you and trust you. Yep. And so we take it and um, look at the relationship that you have with all the people uh, that could potentially refer you, right? We, we talk about your top 150 is what we look at. And that number comes from Robin Dunbar, who's an evolutionary psychologist in, in England, Oxford. And he really, uh, that number was named after him because it turns out that the number of people that we can have a relationship with as humans that our brains can, uh, can, can handle is 150 people, plus or minus one or two, right? And that's where everything happens for us. And so the definition of your top 150 or what a relationship would be is that if you saw somebody at the grocery store, you'd recognize them by name, 
and you'd stop and you'd have a conversation with them and you know your position in their life. And it's not just like, I think I recognize that guy or, you know, it's not because we've got a thousand people that we can recognize or if prompted, we're, we're acquainted with, but we don't have a relationship with them, right? So we want to focus on who are the 150 people that you have a relationship with. Now, when we get to that, what we look for is how can we manage that relationship portfolio as an asset that you have for a 20% annual yield. That's, what, that's our gold standard now. And those metrics are something that we've developed over a lot of years to uh, observe and to see what's actually possible, right? So <clears throat> our gold standard is that we want to manage that portfolio and generate 30 refer transactions uh, over in the course of a year. So that's a um, you know, number that would get most people excited if they could manage that. And But what's, what's, what's um, happening is that you've got some number right now. I've spent a lot of time kind of thinking through and defining these kind of metrics for your business, you know, what we call your after unit, the relationship, uh, nurturing the, those relationships with people. So you, there are, you do know 150 people right now, whether you've got them organized into a list or a format that you could communicate with them. And regardless of whether you are actually communicating with them, they're there. There are 150 people who know you uh, and you know. And if we just take the number of repeat and referral transactions that you did in the last 12 months, and we divide it by that 150, we get the percentage there. So if you did 15 repeat and referral transactions, you would have a return on relationship, that's the metric that we measure, of 10%. So what we're looking for is some, if you've got, you know, five repeat and referral transactions, you would have a, that would be a 3% return on relationship, right? So our goal is to move you up to that 20%, to look at how can we get 20% uh, return on our uh, on our relationships. So that's not just going to happen. That requires some real um, orchestration. You know, most of the time when people, uh, if you ask them about the referrals that they get, you'll hear one of two stories. You'll hear people call, they'll say, well, my friend uh, or my client, the new client that they have now called and said, hey, I'm a friend of Kevin and you helped him sell his house. He told me you can help me sell my house. That's probably 80% of how the referrals happen that people get. The other 20% is people saying, you, my, uh, my, friend, my friend Kevin called me and said, hey, I was talking to my friend Todd, who's going to be selling his house, and you should give him a call. I was telling him all about you. So that's what I call a reactive referral. So we've got those two, passive and reactive, and that makes up all of the referrals that, that people get primarily. What I never hear people tell me is an orchestrated referral. 
where they never tell me, hey, I was showing houses in River Run uh, this um, on a weekend, and I sent an email to my clients that live in River Run, and I said, hey, Mark and Connie, I'm showing houses in River Run this weekend to a couple from, from San Diego, and uh, there's only a couple for sale in there. Have you heard anybody talking about selling? We may be able to match them up with this couple from San Diego. And they emailed me back and said, our neighbors are thinking of selling. And we were able to connect that whole thing. Nobody goes to that level of orchestrating the, the referrals, right? Yep. So that's a proactive orchestration. But where we also have the opportunity is to think about how we can orchestrate referrals in an automated kind of way. Now, this requires a couple of changes of mindset. Because first of all, people have to overcome this idea that people are referring you as a favor to you, that they're doing it because they want to support you. And so they're out looking and they're referring you because of that. They're not doing that at all. People refer their friends because it makes them feel good and it makes them look good. Right. And I would say it raises their status in the herd. And this, I so you think about this from an evolutionary psychology standpoint. If we go all the way back to where we were living in, you know, herds of 150 or little, little tribes of 150 people, that if we were out hunting and gathering, we have a lot of the things that we do as a society are genetically wired into us. We're hardwired to provide value to the people who are our inner circle, our top 150. So if I'm out, we're out hunting and gathering and I'm coming back to camp and I've got this big armful of blueberries and I pass you on the trail, I might say to you, hey Kevin, there's a big patch of blueberries right over that hill. And so now you've got information. I've improved your life because you're going out to look for blueberries and I found them and I'm telling you where they are. Now, at that moment, my status in the herd is higher than yours because if we were ever going to have to call the herd, at that moment, I'm more valuable than you because you're just riding on my coattails, right? I'm doing, I know where the blueberries are. You, what are you doing to add value? So you immediately feel the burden to keep the slate even, right? So you might say to me, well, watch out behind that big rock over there because I saw a lion there on my way to uh, out here. And now you've protected me from danger that I didn't know about and we're even. That's how it, society works. So if we go, and you see it happening in social situations where if we go to Starbucks and I buy you a coffee and then we go again tomorrow, you're going to feel this burden that you need to buy. And if that goes, if we go three days in a row and I've bought every day and you have an offer, you're going to be, get a reputation as a freeloader, right? Nobody wants that. We're wired to keep our social accounts in check, right? And so we constantly are looking for opportunities to add value to people. We do it all the time. 
books, movies, restaurants, service providers, everything, right? We're constantly telling people about our experiences and warning them or encouraging them. So when you get over this idea that you're begging for business or that you are, uh, you know, showing weakness by, uh, you know, orchestrating referrals or asking people to, to uh, refer you like that. It's not about asking them. It's about giving them opportunities to feel good, you know, to get, because when they do it, when you recommend a restaurant to somebody, let's say you just got back from Cabo and somebody's going to Cabo and you say, you got to go to this place. It's right off the main road there. And you'll love Tell Gino that I sent you. And they go there. As soon as you see them again, what you're looking for is that acknowledgement. You're looking for them to say, oh, man, we went to that restaurant. It was so great. You puff up and you get the squirts of dopamine and you feel great because you created that good thing in their life, right? And if they don't tell you about it, what you're going to do is you're going to maybe prompt it. Hey, how was your combo? Did you go to Gino's? Oh, yes, it was so good. And then you still get the squirts, right? You still get to feel good like that. So when you realize that it's for them, now the game becomes, how can you just prompt this? How can you make this happen for them, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, a uh, friend of mine taught that to me is like, it's like the, you in, essentially you invoke the law of reciprocity, right? That's exactly, it's so much, it's happening just like that. So once you get over that, now you can, you, now you have to understand the mechanics of how referrals actually happen so that we can orchestrate situations that will, uh, that will increase the odds that they will refer you. And so that's where we start to realize that all referrals happen as a result of conversation, right? So we're deconstructing how the actual referral happens. And in those conversations, three things have to take place. They have to, one, notice that the conversation is about real estate. They have to think about you. And then they have to introduce you to the person that they were having that conversation with. All three of those things have to take place. So for every time that somebody calls you up and says, my friend Kevin said you could help me sell my house. And for every time your friend calls you up and says that my, my friend Jason is going to be selling his house, you should give him a call. That was as a result of a conversation. And all three things happened. But for every one of those that happens, there's probably five more that didn't go all the way through. They were probably, there's probably five times as many opportunities where they were in a conversation that was about real estate and they didn't even notice it, make a note at all that it was about real estate. Or they maybe thought about, noticed that it was about real estate, but they didn't think of you. Or they thought of you, but they didn't say anything. And all these things, right, we need to have all of those things fire in order for the referrals to, uh, to take place. And that could be for a number of reasons, that maybe you're, they've, you've lost contact with those people that are um, your clients, right? Now, people aren't in touch with everybody every month. 
So if you're not in touch with them, if they, you're not on their mind, you're not going to come to mind. True. Right? Yeah, that's, that's a very great point. So I'm assuming though that, so there's things I can do to like push those odds in my favor. So that way all three things can fire. Right. And hopefully more than one out of six times I get the referral. Well, that's exactly it. So you start to, what we need to do is program that situation so that they know what to do when they hear those conversations. And if we can get people to notice conversations about real estate by presenting them in, in front of them, that they'll notice when they, uh, that they hear something that you kind of suggested they might notice, right? So we look at it and I had something that was both amazing and startling at the same time happened about a year ago. I have in our GoGo agent forum, I had a, somebody ask, does anybody know where we can get carpet replaced today? I've got a closing tomorrow and the painters just spilled paint all over the carpet and it's ruined. So what I noticed immediately, without any prompting, my brain started singing the Empire Flooring Jingle. It started going 800-588-2300 Empire. And I was startled by that because I had never consciously given that any thought. That message had been smuggled into my brain without my permission, and it was living there rent-free for 20 years, waiting to be triggered by somebody saying, same-day carpet, same-day carpeting, 800-588. And I thought that's exactly why these things, that the things that we do, like uh, the we use a tool called the World's Most Interesting Postcard to do that sort of programming for people, right? Where we look at what are the high probability conversations that our, our friends are going to probably be in, right? If you start thinking about, and the way I say it is if we could plant a chip in the ear of the 150 people in your top 150 and listen in on all of their conversations, and when you hear certain trigger words, you get alerted that there's a conversation in sector five here, how would you program it, right? What would you be listening for? What would be the, pro the, the conversations that they might likely be in? So now you start to think, well, is it likely that over the course of the next 12 months that somebody might hear a conversation of somebody talking about buying their first house or their kids buying their first house? or their friends buying their first house, or something around buying a first house, or somebody talking about moving up, or buying a vacation home, or an investment property, or somebody downsizing, or somebody moving out of town, or somebody moving into town, or some, there's so many flavors of that, right? That if you just kind of take those, the highest probability ones and present those to people in a way that instructs them on what to do when they hear the conversation. So we use, here's some, this is what the world's most interesting postcard looks like. So it's just a monthly 
postcard. It's like a newsletter from Concentrate kind of thing, right? Where on the front is all just interesting facts and trivia type of um, things, interesting conversation pieces, right? So there's a subtlety in that too, that they're paying attention because everybody wants to be interesting in conversation, right? And this gives you talking points too to talk about. So here's the most recent one. So we're moving into summer now. So on the back, we have a little post-it note graphic that we put a note that is a place to highlight the conversation that we want them to kind of pay attention to this month. So we say, summer is the perfect time to build a little sweat equity. Now, just a quick note in case you hear someone talking about buying a house to fix up this summer. So when you think about this, the pattern is just a quick note in case you hear someone talking about insert the high probability conversation here. So in January, we may talk about first time buyers, somebody thinking about buying their first home. In February, we may talk about somebody getting married because of uh, Valentine's Day, that that can trigger a home. In March, we may talk about the spring market, that people are gonna be coming out of the woodworks to put their house on the market. So we say, just a quick note in case you hear someone talking about putting their house on the market. The spring market's right around the corner. If you hear someone talking about this, give me a call or text me, and I'll get you a copy of our How to Sell Your House for Top Dollar Fast book to give them. So we're always giving people the conversation that they may hear, the reason sort of reinforcement of why it might be happening right now, and what to do if you do hear it. So now, if I establish this as a pattern that every month I've got a new card, another card, another card, that's a different conversation that whenever uh, you, after you know three times of getting this, you recognize that this is a pattern, that, oh, I get this every month and it's a different thing. And what happens is that your referrals go up because the number of times that people notice conversations, even if it's not this conversation, they notice because it's an adjacent conversation and they think of you because you just said that. Or they're in conversation and they use one of these interesting facts that they got in at a dinner party or at a cocktail party or with their friends and everybody's like looking at them amazed that this is the most interesting conversationalist you know Kevin's the best dinner guest we've ever had and you know that this is your little secret weapon so you're looking forward to getting this every month because it's going to make you a more interesting conversationalist and deep down these things are all happening like layers below your conscious awareness of them, you know? That's, uh, yeah, man, I was just going to say that is so powerful. There's the, there's the subtle reminder with the post-it note, but just the fact of knowing when someone reads that and then they share that with someone else, you're getting credit uh, in their mind, whether they actually tell the person, hey, I learned this from Dean, yeah. or Dean shared this with me, they know, like, I learned this from Dean, and I, like I now internally, like I, I have this need, this desire to thank him somehow, yeah. return the favor, as you said, you know, let's get even because right now he's more valuable than I am. Right. 
And it's all happening below the surface, not on a conscious level. Yeah. It's all happening, but it happens, you know? And that's where, so we've seen, you know, when we first did this, um, you know, one of the things, the agent that we, uh, the first one 10 years ago, we're at, what is this one? This issue number 101. So 101 months we've been doing this uh, now. And um, that, their whole repeat and referral, they've been in the business for 20 years and their repeat and referral transactions were 13 the year before we did started doing the postcard. They started mailing the postcard and the next year it was 33 transactions by repeat and referral because their system, all they did was one time a year, they would send out in December a magnet calendar that goes on the fridge, right? That was yeah. it. That was their entire communication for the, the year with all of their clients. And so we just started doing this and it was amazing what happens. But, you know, every, um, this is like, so inexpensive a thing to to do that lays the foundation like you can set this on autopilot so that at the very least this is going out for uh for your top 150 so you're in the you know let's call it uh, let's call it twelve hundred dollars for the year of mailing these uh the postcards to those people, you think about even if it got you one extra referral or one piece of, of repeat business, it's a multiplier of that, but it sets the stage that now you can layer on top of this all these um, orchestrated referrals. We, we have a strategy we call Market Maker Monday, where we encourage people to every Monday just look at your week and think about all the people that you're actually working with this week, who you're, you're showing the homes this week, or you're going to see about selling their house this week. And then we take your top 150 and create a Google map layer where with that drops a pin on the Google map of where your top 150 live, right? So if you're showing houses in River Run, you can look at the map layer and see that I've got, you know, two clients or two people in my top 150 live in River Run. And you can send a quick email to them and say, hey, Kevin, I'm showing houses in River Run this weekend. And you start to think about all that sort of orchestration is a, it's a gold mine, you know? Yeah, I mean, so much richness just in getting referrals, you know, just in that one, um, in that one thing. So, gosh, Dean, I feel like I could I could ask you questions for about three more hours, but I <laughs> promised you before we started that my time limit was about thirteen minutes or so from now. Yeah, I want to honor that. But so before I go into a couple other like more rapid fire questions, um, it so someone's listening to this is going, holy crap, that sounds amazing. Yeah. How does somebody, how do they get the world's most interesting postcard? How yeah. does somebody reach out to you and find out about not just that, but the other stuff that you do? Yeah. So this, they, we can get a sample or a copy of this at gettingreferrals.com. Okay. So 
gettingreferrals.com, I've got a, um, a whole um, you know, report on the, thing, the psychology of the things that I shared with you there to go deeper into explaining how and why it all works that way. And that's really a, um, that's the, the place to start. And then I have a, a community of people um, that we're building at gogoagent.com where we have all of the tools um, to do this, which is where this comes, um, this comes in. We, pro we produce one of these every month for people so you get a subscription to this with um, inside of um, gogoagent. But we've got all, all the other tools in terms of all the things that we didn't get to talk about like getting listings and multiplying your listings and finding buyers. And so it's all of those, um, all of those things. Yeah. I guess as a tease, uh, cause I have a couple more self-indulgent questions I want to ask. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, what's the, tell me what's the thing that you judge on listings. I just want people to know what it is so they can come find you, whether that's on your pod, one of your, your real estate podcast or at the yeah. agent community. But yeah. what, what do you call that thing, uh, for listings? You mean for uh, multiplying your listing? Yeah. yeah. So this is something um, that we call your listing multiplier index. That's right. The index. Yes. Yeah. And that's something where basically the quick version of that is that we take your last 10 listings and we look at how many transactions those 10 listings generated. Because for each listing, you get five opportunities to get multiple transactions. Number one is that you get the listing sold. Number two is that you find the buyer for it. Number three, you find a buyer that buys another property just because they've met you from the marketing for that one. You get another listing because of the uh, marketing either with one of those buyers or in the neighborhood and you get a referral from the seller before the transaction's over, right? And so we look at it that we take those, and when I present that to people, typically they'll, you get a score out of 50 possible transactions on your last 10, right? And most people are somewhere between 8 and 15 out of 50. And we take that number and we divide it by 10 to get an index, like your average or your golf handicap, you know? So most people are at like a 1.0 or a 1.5. And that means that every listing that you take turns into 1.5 transactions. Now, our clubhouse leaders are ones who have been focused on this and doing all the um, proactive things to multiply listings are at 3.5 as their listing multiplier index. So if you just say like take a base commission of, $10,000 for each side of a transaction that we're talking about a difference between each listing being worth $10,000 or $35,000. And that is a game changer when you start really thinking about your, and it's competition proof, right? You are the only one that has these opportunities, but they're completely perishable. Right, the saddest thing that I often hear people say is that, well, my market's hot. I just price them right, and they all sell within you know seven days. I don't, I don't have to do info box flyers, or I don't have to do just listed cards. Right, that's kind of like they wear it like a badge of honor, 
but I just feel sadness when I hear it because it's not that you have to, it's that you get to because you've got that, you know? Yeah, no, that, that's great. So if there's one thing I want people to take away from here and probably even reach out to you further on is um, the return on a relationship and how do you, how do you up that? And then of course the, the index for the listing, the listing multiplier index. Yeah. I think those are, those are two metrics that um, whether we've ever heard of those before or not, we can look at those in our own business and go, okay, yeah. where am I at? And what I love is that you're, you've built a whole community around helping people increase those numbers, right? Yeah. Because we do, we have certain at bats and it doesn't matter what the Zillow's, the open doors, Redfin's, et cetera, are doing out there. If we are focused on metrics like that in our own business, competition proof to, you know, to your whole point. So. Yeah. And I remember, you know, all these things, there's always been challengers to it. Like in 30 years, you know, that you could see the rise of the, remember when the Fizbo's for sale by owner.com, okay, oh no, everybody's going to sell on their own or, you know, help you sell or all these things. It doesn't, there's constantly challengers to the thing, but the bottom line is people will always gravitate to the most convenient thing, right? Like when you look at that trifecta of they want the most money in the least amount of time with the least amount of hassle, it's always, you lean on that side of convenience, you know? Yeah, it really is. Like that is the, I believe that is the key to it. Uh, convenience always wins out. And then the, the other two of those three are, depending on the person, usually fall into second, then third place. So yeah. and depending on where they are and, and where they're at in their life and what's going on. Yeah. Um, well, hey, a couple, since I have you for a few more minutes. Okay, yeah. Um, so if we could, you, I learned a really important lesson and I shared this with you offline. We were at, we were at an event together and it was kind of like a real-time conversation about someone who had an event coming up that they were trying to get folks in the room for. And you said something to the effect of like, listen, you can't remind people into buying from you or you can't remind people into coming to your event. Right. And, and then I think we then kind of transitioned into to this other thing, uh, the nine word email that, that yeah. you had come up with. And right. so I would just love to like, where did that come from? And like, what's the crux of that that you could share with, share with me as a, as a realtor and anybody else that's listening? Yeah. Here in a few minutes? I think here's the thing is that what it really comes down to is, and I've, I've really learned a lot about lead conversion. And, and I think that the essence of my whole approach to this and philosophy is that there's really only two time frames. It's either now or not now. And that's the only two time frames that matter. And all I want to focus on, I am 100% in pursuit of now. And I know that at some point, it's going to be now. See, I'm, I'm pursuing now, but I'm okay that it's not, doesn't have to be today. I know that at some point over the next 60, 90 days, 180 days, two years, at some point, it's going to be now. And I want to be there at that point, right? And so if we look at the nine word email came from a situation that what most realtors do, if they're buying leads or they're generating leads, they're 100% judging the quality of those leads on whether somebody fills out a form on their website, answers the phone when they call them, gets in the car this weekend and buys a house. That's like a good lead. If people are not ready right now, 
that's a bad lead, right? These leads are not quality. And we, we, we as an industry, we've kind of, the, this shows you that the mindset around leads is that they're somehow default dirty. That they're, you know, you hear the language, are they scrubbed leads? Are they qualified leads, right? Like the, the good, the Glen Gary leads is what we're looking for. And the reality is that it's something more, um, you know, it's more that they, it is what it is, right? People are going to do what they're going to do on their own timeline. And nothing that you do is going to change that. We, so we're always looking for five-star prospects, people who are willing to engage in the dialogue. They're friendly and cooperative. They know what they want. They know when they want it. And they would like us to help them. Those are five-star prospects. And everything we're doing is to just discover who among your new leads are the five-star prospects, right? And it's not about anything you're doing to create five-star prospects. You're just discovering them. And so the nine-word email came from this idea that everybody's got leads that they have generated that have slipped through the cracks, that maybe they were in contact with them six months ago or nine months ago or 90 days ago, and then they kind of lost touch with them or it fizzled out and it didn't go anywhere. Well, if you just gather up all of those people and you know, get them from your desk drawers or your calendars or your scribble pads or business cards or whatever you've got, and you just send out a simple email to them and say, hey, Kevin, are you still looking for a house? Or are you still looking for a house in Scottsdale? Or are you still looking for a house in Winterhaven? It's amazing what ends up happening. It works so well. I call it the nine word email that revives dead leads. You know, that's really what happens is that most of the time people have given up on these, um, given up on people, you know? And yeah, consider them dead leads. But when you start sending an email and just say, are you still looking for a house in Georgetown? It's amazing. They come out of the woodwork, you know? It, it really is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. And that applies across so many different verticals. I've seen the nine word email work. That's been a topic of conversation in the genius network group for a while now. Um, and I've seen it, you know, I've seen it work in real estate. I've seen, um, I've seen it work in a bunch of other industries as well. And it's, it's, again, it just goes back to my opinion is a really great marketing. And I didn't say this, but when you first started, it comes down to the psychology, the psychology of people, right? And the way yeah. we, the way we respond and interact with the world. Yeah. And when we tap into that with our marketing, when those, that's when we get to see like measurable results and can actually move the needle. You've, I mean, you've been in really, you've been everybody who's ever shown homes to somebody knows what I'm talking about when I say how people are, maybe they're looking and then they're responding, but then nothing's really, they're not that motivated or in a hurry to go. And then something happens magically where this switch gets flipped and they can't reach you fast enough to go look at the house that they want to look at right now. Can we go now? And it's on their terms. It's not anything that you you did something in them, and it is now with a capital N for them. And I just want to patiently 
be there to make sure that I'm the reflex reaction when the time is now, that I'm the one that they call, you know? That's yeah. what... Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. Uh, that, that, that's exactly what it is. And it's funny, I, I was, I'll wrap up right now because we're right on time to when I said I would be, but I was listening to another podcast you, you do uh, called I Love Marketing where you're talking about a com completely different thing. Actually, yeah. I think it was about the nine word email. Um, but I remember you talking about, and it wasn't real estate leads. You were just talking about leads in general, yeah. market, marketers and how they just don't treat them like, hey, the time will be now eventually. Absolutely. Uh, and it's just about being there whenever the time is now. Yeah. That's great. I, I'm looking for now, but most of us, you know, I think you use the numbers 85%. I always, I think the, the number I heard recently was at least in 2018, 96% of all people who went to like a home search site where they were online searching for eight months prior, yeah, prior to contacting the agents. So that means yeah. they get on the site. So for eight months and most agents behave the way pretty much anybody else does, which that yeah. sells something, which is they'll give you five or 10 days because they're looking yeah. for right now, right now. Yeah. But then they completely forget about the next eight months and right. just let you go. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah. So much value there. I mean, so much, you know, in that's when we talk about converting leads is really about just focusing 100% on offering the best service or the best information for people who are looking for a house right now and realize that every time you're in front of them, it could be now and you've got the next steps laid out for them, you know? Absolutely. Dean Jackson, man, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you so much, everything that you do for, do for us in the industry and just people in general with your podcasts and your classes and giving back. And uh, so once again, gogoagent.com. Yes. And what was the, re the referral site? Yeah, if you want to get this and get a sample of this one at uh, gettingreferrals.com. Great. Gettingreferrals.com and gogoagent.com. Look up Dean Jackson. Uh, as you, if you're just discovering him for the first time, you're probably learning. He's a wealth of information. And uh, I just want to say thanks a ton, Dean. Awesome. Thanks, man. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this. Go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at. Leave us a review. Share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.